Hello and welcome to episode 509 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRLP. Join me as always is the glorious League Freak. You can also find me on Twitter at League Freak. How are you going there, mate? Going very well, Andrew. How are you? I'm, I'm good, man. I did that one smooth and consistent yeah. like we had done for nearly half of the last episodes that we've that's, done. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Um, this is a special episode because it is the 2024 NRL season preview, and everyone loves our preview episodes. Uh, well, I mean, they are 100% accurate every time. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yes, except for the bits that are inaccurate. Mm. But if you disregard those, perfect. 60% of the time, we are accurate 100% of the time. It's close to that, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, we're going to go through every team and have a bit of a yak about them and how we think they'll go. And we'll also, I mean, to hell with it, we'll also put in what we think the ladder position will be at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. So how will we start this? Will we go by, we always do this every year, alphabetical order, reverse alphabetical order, what they finished last year, what will we do? I'm happy to go alphabetical order. Okay. Because um, I've written some points down, I went in alphabetical order, so I'm just going to go with that. Okay, let's do it that way. I noticed how I haven't asked what order you put stuff in. I've pretty much just gone, to hell with what you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. So there might be a pause every time after I start talking because Freaky's got to scroll through whatever he's got to try and find what he's up to because <laughs> I'm being an asshole. <laughs> Finally, oh, so... you're doing it for a change. <laughs> hey, new year, new me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll start with the Broncos. Um, I was going to ask you, just we'll do this thing for all of them. What we think their their strength and their weakness might be. Mm-hmm. Okay. We won't go too in depth, but that, that's kind of what we'll look at. It could be anything, but yeah. um, I'll go with their strength being their attack. Uh, they actually are able to score points pretty much from anywhere on the field. Yeah, and from nowhere. Yeah. Uh, it, it's pretty impressive. So if, I've got a stat here. In 10 of their 27 games last year, they scored 30 or more points. And they were kept to less than 20 points on just seven occasions and only once in the last 15 games of the year. So they got that attack absolutely humming for the back end of the season. Mm-hmm. If they keep that going again, they are going to be hard for any defensive side to keep quiet. Yeah. And for the weakness I've got in there, lapses. Yeah. They will just just zone out for some reason, What, whatever, who knows. It could be a momentum change or a decision goes against them. Um, I'm talking just within a game. They usually come back, but they'll have these moments where they'll just lapse and just zone out for a little bit. And that's the opportunity that other teams need to get back in the game. But you, you can't be patient and wait for it. It may not come. Mm-hmm. If it does, you've got to be making sure you're pouncing on it because you're not going to get too many of them, and you need to put on a few points in or if you know a few tries in a row if you can to try and claw back in the gap or try and get out ahead and try and create a bit of a buffer there if you can, um, which is what Penrith did in the grand final. They just yeah. waited and waited and waited, probably a bit too long, but they stayed <laughs> there. They were patient until they got the job done. Um, yeah, that's what I've got for their strength and weaknesses. How about yourself? I, I think this year for the Broncos, their strength is going to be just the natural progression of the young players in their team. Um, 
you know, we are, we talked a little bit last year about how at one point a few years ago we were lining up the Panthers and the Broncos as the two young teams to look out for. The Panthers, we've seen what they've gone on and done, but unfortunately the Broncos, they had Anthony Seabold as their coach and they had to go through rebuild because of him and how bad he was. And this is almost like a take two for the side. And I think that's why they've come on so strong because they've always had that talent there. Um, it was just a case of getting a lot of other things right before that talent could really show what it was able to do. And I think that going to the grand final last year and losing the grand final, um, I don't think it will affect them as much as it maybe would a side that was a little bit older than them and maybe felt like they missed their chance. Mm. And I like I think somebody like say the Parramatta Eels, they I think that that was maybe a feeling they had that hurt them last year. Um, this Broncos team can be a contender for a number of years, but there's also a bunch of younger players in their side who just you know they're getting more experience all the time in the NRL. They've now got finals experience, grand final experience, and for me the strength is going to be the way that they naturally just become better players because of that experience um in terms of like a weakness for them i don't know i mean i always worry about how because there's still players in this side that did hit that rock bottom as a when the the broncos were at their worst just a few years ago it's weird Mm. it wasn't that long ago no you gotta wonder if i mean it's hard to get rid of that completely out of a side. And Kevin Walters has done a fantastic job to do that. But they, you've got to worry if it's going to rear its ugly head again. That's the only thing that really worries me about them. That and you've always got to worry about Adam Reynolds' health because he is, you know, an older player. And he's, you know, we've talked about how he normally gets injured around finals time, unfortunately. And, you know, he didn't get injured last year, and you can see how well he played through the finals. Um, you just hope that he doesn't get injured going into the finals again because they'd be hard-pressed to overcome losing their halfback at that point of the season like anyone would. Yeah. Um, they've had a few losses to their forward pack mm-hmm. in the offseason. So they've lost Kurt Capewell, who's gone to the Warriors, Thomas Flegler's gone to the Dolphins and Keenan Palacio has gone to the Titans. Well, they've lost uh, in the backs. Herbie Farnworth has also gone to the Dolphins. Yeah, I think Farnworth will be the one that really hurts them there because he's a fantastic player. He's such a good player. He's a really good strike player and he gave them strike on both sides of the field. So I think they're really going to miss him. Best English centre since who? Um, Put you on the spot. The best English centre since what was that uh, the redheaded dude that used to play for the Broncos? Um, Jack Reed. Jack Reed, yeah, the best English centre since him. There you go. Um, yeah, the the loss of Farmworth will be compounded by the fact they don't have um, hugely great depth in the back line either. Yeah, yeah. The I guess the thing that they've got, the Broncos have had this weird thing where they've got all of these young talented backs. And like super, super talented backs. And so many of them don't translate to first grade for some reason. And they mm. need to work that out. Yeah. So they might struggle a little bit with, with depth as the season goes on, but um, still a, a bloody 
top side on the field there. There's no doubt about it. Um, where do you have them coming on the ladder? I have them winning the minor premiership. I've got them second. Okay. All right. Next, we'll go to Canberra. Uh, I've got their strength being their pack. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, especially... I'm, I'm going to have to use the zoning thing that we don't like. They're, they're forwards in the middle of the park, so they're your props and your lock. Yeah. Those those positions, especially not just on the field, but also on the bench rotation, there's very little drop-off in quality and intensity from what starts the game and who's coming off the bench. And that is – that's a really impressive thing that they've got going for them. It is largely in the middle that they've got that, that powerful section, though. On the edges, it's still not too bad. Um but yeah, it's they are going to be a team that's going to play a lot off their forwards and what they do. Uh, for weakness, though, I've got consistency. I think is going to start being a much bigger issue, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't be surprised if, as the season wears on, a little bit more pressure starts coming on Ricky Stewart, and that could see him get a little bit more crankier and lose a bit more control over what's going on around him. Um, is that even possible? Sorry? Is that even possible? Oh, look, it's a prediction. <laughs> it's a prediction. But I I think the, the Raiders have been coasting too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, the loss of Jack White should, should see them change the way they play the game because they're going to have uh, genuine halves. They're not going to have like a makeshift half in there, but it's also going to be... They're going to be very light on when it comes to half depth. So they're going to have to change the way they play the game a fair bit, which is why I think they're probably going to focus more on playing in that middle section of the field and, and go off the back of the four. It's kind of like when Hasler was coaching the Bulldogs when they were making the finals. It's going to be – I wouldn't be surprised if they have that more of a dynamic about the way they play the game. I personally, I've I've watched a lot of the talk that's been coming out of Canberra over the off season, and it's really jumped out at me because of how optimistic they are. I think this is going to be a really rough season for them. Um, I agree with you that their forward pack is their strength, but I don't know that it's not it's not the sort of forward pack that I know I would worry too much about. Um, and they're trying to transition to other players, uh, younger players. And I think that, that, you know, it's really good to point out that they're probably going to be consistent, inconsistent this year because of that. Um, I think their weakness is probably the fact that they think they better, they're better than they are. And it just, I think it puts them on the back foot because they think that they're better than they are. And I actually have them finishing in 13th place. I don't think they're going to be any good this year. And I think that Ricky Stewart is probably going to make it through because, you know, he just does down there in Canberra. I don't know why, um, but it might be, you know, next season where if they have another rough season that it, he comes under pressure because he'll be close to the end of his contract then as well. It makes it easier to pay him out. But, yeah, I, I just think they're going to have a rough season and it's going to be interesting to see how they handle it. Well, I agree. I've got them finishing thirteenth as well. Ah, oh, there you go. Um, they've had a bit of a little bit of 
churn to their roster. So they've picked up Zach Hosking from the Panthers, uh, Simi Sasagi from the Knights, Morgan Smithies from Wigan, and Kyo Weeks from the from Manly, and they've lost Jared Croker. I mean, I know you're devastated. Uh, Wait, Jared Croker was there? He's retired. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he was there when? He's hung up his boots. Wow, it'd be um, interesting for them to defend with 13 players on the field now. <laughs> uh, they let Matt Frawley go to Leeds, mm-hmm. which I think they probably should have hung on to, to be honest, because uh, they probably could have gone with Frawley and Fogarty and the Haas, I think would have been pretty handy. But they let him go. Harley Smith-Shields has gone to the Titans. Clay Webb's been released, and Jack White's gone to South. Um. Not too sure what they're going to do in the halves. I'm I'm assuming they might have Kyle Weeks playing at five eight. That uh, is his natural position, but as I said, they they're a bit struggling for depth in that area. And for like last year, Fogarty went between being okay to being absolutely terrible at times. He struggled since leaving the Titans, and I think yeah. he's been struggling with injuries as well. He he didn't come into first grade at you know, a really young age either. So he's kind mm. of got to start piecing together some good seasons pretty quickly if, if Canberra's going to be any sort of threat this year. Yeah. Uh, next, we've got the Bulldogs. Uh, so strength, I'm going to say for the first time in, in several seasons, they've actually got a pretty solid spine this year mm-hmm. um, as far as attack goes anyway. Good attacking spine, very creative which will be handy if they can get the rest of the team to work to a genuine, proper game plan around them. But too much of what the Bulldogs have been doing has been defending. So when they do get to go on the attack, everyone's a bit tired and it's kind of just send it out wide and hope for the best. And there's not been a great amount of genuine structure, I find, in the Bulldogs' attack. It's sort of been just hang-on approach. Hang in yeah. there, hang in there, and hope something comes your way, sort of thing. And it's uh, they've got to start working on that. It's they were they were rough to watch last year, and I think a lot of people legitimately thought they were going to be a lot better than they were. I know I, mean, I did. I I didn't rate them as highly as a lot of people did, but I did think they would do better than what they what they managed. Yeah. Um. So. That's their strength. Their defense was a big weakness. Um, Because let's be honest, they conceded almost 100 points more than the Wooden Spooners, Tigers, Mm -hmm. and the second last Dragons. Yeah, it's terrible. They need to sort that out really fast, and I'm not sure that they will. Um, I've got them finishing 16th. I... uh... When it comes to the Bulldogs, like I did, I had them, I think I might have had them making the eight, getting in at eight spot last year. And just when I look back at it and see, you know, you think about what their season turned into last year. Um, I would say their strength this year is that Viliami Kikau will be hopefully healthy this year from the get-go. That would be great. Um, and their weakness is Phil Gould. <laughs> he treats this team like it's a fancy rugby league team. Um, you know, they they have to shuffle players all over the place because of their salary cap situation that's been created there. 
Um, Crichton will obviously be a really, really good buy for them. You know, they got him on gigantic money and he's definitely worth it, but they're paying him fullback money and they're going to play him in the centres. And you think between him and, and Burton and Viliami Kikau, like all three of those players earn, if they don't earn a million bucks here, they earn very close to it. And, you know, that's 30% of your salary cap right there. Yeah. And that's that's just not how you build. That's that's not the that's not what you do when your team is, you know, misses the finals and they weren't making the finals from like, you know, May. So um so yeah, I I think that they're gonna have another really rough year. I've got them coming in at uh fifteenth position. Um I think they'll get a new coach mid year. Uh Phil Gould will find some coach from the friggin' nineties that he's a mate of. They'll run them for a little bit. Tim Sheens. Then, um, no, I don't think it'll. I don't think it'll be Tim Sheens. I think it'll be Phil Gould. <laughs> <laughs> In his ideal world, it would be That's Phil Gould. Right. Um, I, I don't know who it'll be. It'll be someone. I don't know. Maybe Michael Hagen, someone like that. <laughs> like somebody that he just Mick Potter back. That wouldn't be a bad thing. It wouldn't be a bad thing. They should have stuck with Mick Potter the whole time. Yeah. But he will do that. And then he will look for the next shiny thing on the horizon and he'll pay that shiny thing. Um, uh, he'll sign them up long term and give them a big salary and tell everyone that this is the coach of the future and then fuck with the lineup and immediately start to, you know, do, just do what he's done the whole time, really. And as we know through conversations we've had with uh, Ben Darwin, mm-hmm. that constant Chain, uh, constant um, churn of your of your roster. Mm. It ruins any chance of cohesion, and that is the worst thing you can do to your team. Yeah. And they've got a lot of changes this year again. So they've picked up Stephen Crichton, Josh Curran, Palasa Farmasuli, Drew Hutchison, Kurt Mann, Jamin Salmon, Blake Taff, Connor Tracy, Jake Turpin, and Bronson Cherry. And they've lost Paul Alamotti, Jake Avarillo, Braden Burns, Declan Casey, Raymond Faye-Talamarana, Kyle Flanagan, Michael Gabriel, Tavita Pengai Jr., Luke Thompson, and Corey Waddell. And look, there's I don't mind when bad teams get rid of players. You know, there's, there's a few there though they probably could have hung on to. Like Alamotti had was a very good looking centre. Um, Avarillo, very handy player as well. I'd have kept both of those. Fatala Mariner and uh, Corey Waddell, possibly even Luke Thompson. They need forward depth. And to get rid of those guys um, and replace them with guys who were either similar or maybe, you know, if they're better, it's not by very much at all. Yeah, there's, there was a lot of sideways moves, huh? Yeah, it, it's like all you're doing is moving stuff around and you've got to restart all those combinations all over again Yeah, with a net gain of very, very little. Like, what's the point? It's, it's very West Tigers what they've done with their recruitment. Yeah, and the thing is that, like, they've got a bunch of players in that team that are locked up for quite a long time on giant money. Mm. So I, I don't think we're going to see any big-name moves left for them because I doubt that they've got the salary cap space for it. But at the same time, we've seen how it works. They'll start to go to other clubs and say, oh, do you want to take this player off our hands and we'll pay half their salary? And and when you start doing that, you're fucked. Yeah. 
next is Cronulla. Now, their strength has been their strength for a long time, and that is their forwards. Not just... It's not just in the fact that they all do the same thing, like they're all dominant runners or anything like that. It's more the fact that the Sharks have been pretty smart, especially in recent times, of having quite a diversely skilled forward pack. So you can't just use one approach to keep them quiet because one guy's going to be different to the other guy on the other edge and you know the forward rotation that comes off the bench are completely different to the guys they're replacing. So they're a bit more of a... Like trying to hit a moving target defensively, you you don't know what's what's going to get thrown at you, uh, and that's in a good way for their forwards because they've got a very good forward pack. Their weakness, I think, is chasing points. Um, I haven't gone through or done the stats on that one, but it's just something in my mind. Every time they start to get a little bit behind, they start to play panic football and they forget all of their structures, all of their processes. And no one knows what's going on. And they just get further and further behind where they're supposed to be. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping, for the Sharks' sake anyway, that they stop doing the panicky stuff and play more to the systems that they had, kind of like they did in 2022. But with this uh, more experienced and slightly better side than what they had in 2022, they should be able to get over that hurdle of struggling against the top eight sides. And that's that's literally they've only got to work on little things to go from being one of those teams in the bottom half of the top eight that's just making up the numbers in the finals to being a top four side that's you know a contender to get at least of the final two weeks. Um. So yeah, that's that's kind of where I got them. I do have them finishing fourth. Wow. Um. I I do like their their backline and their spine. So I I think they've and they've just got a, a pretty good roster, a pretty good um pretty good depth across the park. So they're not gonna have a huge drop off uh in my mind anyway, if you know injuries and whatnot come along with the guys coming in. They've freed up a ton of money because Wade Graham retired, Matt Moylan's left, uh Connor Tracy's gone to the Bulldogs. They've only signed two depth players pretty much in Billy Burns and Michael Gabriel. So they haven't had much change to their roster at all either. So the cohesion is going to be pretty good. Um, so I, I assume that they're going to start the season pretty well. So And that's pretty much a big thing. So, yeah, I I, I think they're going to do pretty well this year. I don't yep. think they're going to get to the grand final mind. Yeah. I, look, I, I think their, their big strength is their cohesion because this group has been together for a, a few seasons now um having said that they don't worry me whatsoever i think they're like they are the most middle of the road road team uh i think that their ceiling isn't that high but i think their basement isn't that low either i just think that they'll get through on consistency i've got them finishing sixth um but i i I don't think they're any chance whatsoever of winning the title um, I don't think any of the real contenders will be concerned whatsoever with having to face Cronulla in the finals. Um, I just think that they're 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 going to go all right in the regular season, but they're the epitome of a, a regular season team. Um, I don't think they've got they have another gear to go to, and I think that that's the the problem you probably perceive as well in that you like. 
when you do have to change uh, chase points. Yeah. Like, can you go to that next level? I, they can't do it. And there's a bunch of other teams that can, even teams below them that can. But I just think their consistency will get them into that sixth spot. But they won't really feature in anyone's, you know, real title contender list. I think the one thing that hurt them most last year was the fact that Cade Dykes uh, got injured in the preseason and he missed the whole year. Because I reckon they had every intention of having him as the 5'8 last year and Moylan would be the backup in his last season and that would be it. And Dykes got, went and got injured in that. Mm. I think it was the second trial match of the year or something like that and missed the whole year. Mm. And that's why they had to persevere with Moylan for the rest of the season. I wouldn't be surprised if they put Dykes in the number six jumper very early on. I mean, they'll, they'll go with Trindle initially, no doubt mm. about it, but I wouldn't be surprised if Dykes gets pushed into that role, even if it's just by the bench or something like that. But I think long-term, that's what they want. They want to have Dykes uh, with Hines. And it'll be a pretty interesting spine if that's the case, because then you'll have Kennedy, Dykes, and Hines, who mm-hmm. can all play fullback and all play basically 5'8". <laughs> it's, it's an interesting combination. It's, it's it, very, it really very is, English yeah. football. It really is. By the, <laughs> by, by the way, doesn't Dykes and Hines sound like a really cool source? Um, yeah, like I agree with you. And, and when he got injured last year, it felt like there was an excitement and a momentum went out of the the club a little bit. I hope he comes back and you know we can shake off you know, that that injury and and all the rehab he had to go through and everything. And I hope he comes back strong because he looked really exciting. He looked like a good player. And when he went down, it was just, it was really sad to see. So fingers crossed that he he comes back well. Because, yeah, Dykes and Hines, that's what I want to see. That'd be a good, uh, you'd vote for them in the presidential election, wouldn't you? Oh, hell yeah. Dykes and Hines. (laughs) Um, So Dykes and centre Kyle Eero. I think those two are going to have pretty big years this year. Mm-hmm. And this will be the first time in several seasons that Cronulla will actually have two genuine centres in their back line. Because they've been persevering with uh, Talakai, who's more of a edge forward, second row sort of thing, and Connor Tracy, who basically came into the side initially as a 5'8 and yeah. had to transition out there to help out. Yeah. This is going to help their attack. Because you're going to actually have people who know what they're doing and they know what their roles are there instead of having to figure it out as they go along throughout the season. Yeah. Like, fingers crossed it does help because, yeah, they're they're a little bit, for me, samey-samey across the entire park outside of Hines, really. So, you know, and they need that variation in their lineup to do something about their attack because, yeah, I I don't think they were worrying about the top sides, but we'll see how that plays out over the season. Hey, absolutely. Uh, next we go to the dolphins. Uh, what have we got? Here? They've, they've still got the, as their strength, their forward pack. It feels like I'm saying this a lot. Mm. Look, forward, we're in the golden age of forwards. That's why it like, is true. There's so many great forwards. And the game now is very much along the lines of if you, if you're going to be a top team, you need to be defensively strong. Yeah. So everyone's aiming to get a good pack. Yeah. But yeah, their their pack is very experienced, which mm-hmm. is a huge thing. They don't have too much youth in there. They're trying to get a little bit in there. 
bench rotations get a little bit stronger. They've got a little bit more depth this year. So that will help. Um, weakness, though, I think, is going to be their spine. It's... Mm. I don't it's, know. It's, it's weird. It's, it, it, it's the, the big unknown for this team. Like it is. It's not like they're a a spine that lacks talent or ability or attack because that's they've definitely got plenty of that. Yeah. But I think it's just more they need time playing together, and mm-hmm. they are a pretty young sort of spine as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that might be, you know, it's just maybe one more full season working together, which would be this year. Mm-hmm. And then we might see, even by the tail end or the back half of this year, you might start to see them start stringing wins together and being more consistent on the field than than they were at the tail end of last year. But, yeah, I think that's that's where I put the weakness at. Just, you know, a bit of organisation and structure there and figuring things out. But they do have a good spine on paper. But I just think working together, still pretty young and still trying to figure it out. Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one because, like, I know Wayne Bennett has he said last year he's going to turn it over to Christian Wolf this year. Um I don't know if that's going to be a full-time thing or what. You know, is is Wayne Bennett going to be there every single day? Like is he is he out of the club? It, it hasn't really been talked about too much. Um they should be more consistent. I think that they've got a little bit more depth than they had last year. And that was really their downfall. And that, that wasn't their fault. It's their first year in the NRL. And yeah, for me, I, it comes down to, you know, their spine really gelling and, and making that progress as a spine as well. And if they do that, they might challenge for the, you know, the edge of the finals, but it's still, it's a big ask. Um, I have them finishing 11th. <laughs> I, I just, as I say, I've got them at twelfth. Okay, so I I just think that at times it's going to look good, and we're going to be like, oh, you know, they're doing some things here, but it's just going to be a bridge too far for them this year. Yeah, I would be surprised if their form this year is like looking at their form last year, but reverse. You know, last year they started really well and then just yeah. fell away. I'd be surprised yeah. if they start a bit steady this year and then come home strong. Yeah, yeah, that that wouldn't surprise me either. Uh, so they've picked up Jake Averillo, Herbie Farnworth, Thomas Flegler, and Iron Keeley, and they've lost JJ Collins, Herman SASA, Pawasa Farmasuli, and Brinko Lee. I think they've basically had upgrades in their signings over what they've lost, which is exactly what you want to be doing. Yeah, 100%. They're going in the right direction, and they're doing mm. it sustainably, which is good. Um, you know, and they, over the next couple of years, I think you'll see them buy some more forwards to replace those older players in their forward pack that they've got now. And, um, they, you know, they're doing it the right way, um, you know, and that they haven't got any albatross contracts there either. No. So they've, they've still got the ability to go out and make a splash if the right player comes on the market. So that's that's a good sign for them too. Absolutely. All right, next we have the Titans. Uh, dear. <laughs> I know, I, I agree. That's how I feel about them as well. <laughs> um, the strength they've got is their skill on the edge of the ruck. So both second rowers, centres, uh, 5'8", spine, that sort of stuff. Plenty mm-hmm. of skill out on the edges of the ruck, which is great if you've got someone in the middle to direct it all and get the ball out there and get stuff organised. Mm. 
Um, so that's that's their main target. I think is going to be an attack. Is trying to get some good ball out to their edges and let them be creative out there. Their weakness, though, I think is going to be their depth. Yeah, and, and like they're a little bit like the Broncos in that they get some really highly rated backs as youngsters and they don't develop them for whatever reason. And and they need to look at that as well. Um, th- it's weird. On talent alone, this is a top five squad. Like, they've got some of the best players in the world at their team. And yet, I, I just... I just can't put any faith in them whatsoever. I've got them finishing in 12th place. I've got them 15th. Yeah. And I need to see it because there's been too many times where this team is like, you look at them on paper and you're like, man, they've got, they've got origin players on the bench. You know, big Tino's one of the best forwards in the whole world. And is like, he actually puts it on the field for them. Like he actually does it for them. You know, you look at Brimson, you, you look at Campbell. They've got great players in this team. Too, that's the thing. I want to see Jaden Campbell at fullback mm. every week. They've mm. been dabbling with this idea, of, and it's like they're hesitant to just leave him there. Yeah. They'll take him out. Sometimes I'll put him at six and move him around. No, no, no. He's your first choice fullback. Leave him there. Put Brimson at six. Leave him there, right? The more they keep screwing around with these blokes and switching their positions and moving them around and stuff like that, all you're doing is harming their long-term, you know, capabilities for you. Mm-hmm. Let them get settled in a role. That will help your attack. Keep moving them around. You're just ruining them. Yeah. I mean, a classic and, example is look, look what a lot of teams did with Tyrone Peachy. Yep, yep. You know, all they need to do is just go, right, you're going to be this position and just leave him there and let him dominate it because they're naturally gifted footballers who can play anywhere. Mm. The best thing you can do is make them absolute absolute specialists in one position because they will be more than a specialist. They'll be world-class in that position. But you keep moving them around, they'll never get that opportunity. Yeah, and look, Campbell's shown, like, fullback's his place. Oh, yeah, yeah. that kid's brilliant. And the thing is, too, like, I can understand wanting to look after a young player and and things like that. Now he's a seasoned NRL player. Like, he's no – like, he's still really young. But he's no longer the young guy you've got to look after. He's a seasoned NRL player, play him in his position, and, you know, he's either good enough for it or he's not. I think he, I personally think he's good enough for it. So oh, I don't definitely. know why they would stuff him around there. I don't know, but they need to do that. They haven't changed up their roster too much. Uh, they picked up Keenan Palacey from the Broncos and Harley Smith-Shields from the Raiders and lost Cruz Leeming, Tremaine Spry, and Joe Verna. Um I think they've got a few players coming off contract in the next year or two, so they'll probably have a bit more changes coming up in future seasons. But, yeah, I, I just – I look at their lineup and just go, yeah. So I, I, look at it, I look at their lineup and I think, holy crap, there's so many good players in this team. There is. Then they, then they go out there and, you know, all of a sudden they're down 24 points to a team that's like – you know, in tenth place, and you're like, "What are they doing?" Yeah. So I I, I can have no faith in them. No. Uh, yeah. For Feeder needs to either pull his finger out this year, or I would be surprised the Titans cut him, and he'll never get anywhere near that money ever again. Yeah, I mean, 
I'm trying. Like, you know where he'd end up? He'd end up at the Raiders. <laughs> I'm serious. Yep. I tried to get him. The yep. fucking Titan should have drove him to the airport. That's exactly what he'll do, man. Um, next is Manly. Manly, Manly. Um, strength I've got is their fullback and their halves. Mm-hmm. However, you need to have all three on the field at the same time. Because <laughs> <laughs> when they are, and I know no one's got any faith in Luke Brooks, and I know I've said to him, I said on here several times before that he has all of the skills, like footballing skills, to be a genuinely good NRL player. There's no doubt about that. He can't communicate, and that is the worst skill to be missing, though, as a half. But he doesn't need to worry about that so much when he's got DCE there doing all that for him. So he's now left to do his job. And I think you're going to find pretty quickly, he's going to start forming pretty good combinations with uh, Tom Trebojevic if he's on the field. And that's going to work out pretty well because I think the way Tom Trebojevic plays the game is not too dissimilar to the way Tedesco played the game when Brooks last played with him, which is a ball runner more than anything else. And I think that's going to work really well together for those two. But you're going to need them all on the field at the same time. I think you are the last person left on Luke Brooks Island. I think we I'm, might I'm need... Not, let's be honest. I'm not really on the island. I've got I've got a dock there. I think for for our listeners, I'm just I, in the ocean, I'm halfway between like reality, and I can see the island. I'm just taking solace in the ocean. I'm, I'm enjoying the view on both both sides. And as soon as the island starts to go down in a ball of flames, I can just paddle the boat back to the mainland. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is what happens when your team is bad for t- fucking 12 years in a row. You end up in Stockholm Syndrome. That's exactly keep right. keep to yourself, fucking exactly Luke Brooks, he's, he's, he's all right. He's actually not that bad when Let's you're be honest, I'm, I'm trying to get the Manly fans on side so they take some more West Tigers players. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, look, for, for me, actually, I'll just say quickly, their weakness, though, is Brooks? that over-reliance on Tom Trebojevic. Okay, yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%. That and Anthony Seabold. Well, I, yeah. He's a big um, problem. I, the, their strength is obviously DCE. Like, he's still fantastic. And what he's doing at his age, and he has not lost anything, not one single thing. He's still playing like he's 28. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, And I, he's setting a, he really is setting a new standard for halves. Um, I mean, how many halves can halfbacks can you think of that played at this age this well? Like it's it's normally all over by this age. So and he's great, he's fantastic. Um, so he, you know, and Tom Trebojevic, you know, it in theory it's great, but you know, in practice, what is the chance that he's going to have a season where he's there the whole year? Um, I think outside of those two, this Manly squad is, you know, they've got some okay players there, but for the most part, they're pretty middle-of-the-road players. Uh, Anthony Seabold, he is going to ruin it. We know that. It's just a matter of time. Um, So, like, I have them finishing 14th. I have Manly 11th. Okay. Um. 
yeah, they've picked up a lot of West. <laughs> they've picked up three Tigers players. Yeah, Luke Luke Brooks, Itasi James, Tommy Talia. They've also picked up Jackson Paulo from the Roosters and Corey Waddell from the Bulldogs. They lost Morgan Boyle, Sam Finu, Morgan Harper, Sean Kepi, Kilma Tuolangi, and Kyle Weeks. Uh, it's yeah, that's exactly what their squad is. That sound you made, their, and their depth is looking horrible. And yeah, I mean, what are they doing with Schuster? I can't see. I can't see him in the thirteen. He's got to be on the bench. And, and they paid huge money to him mm. to and, be and their five eighth, and then went and bought Luke Brooks. Yeah. So Stupid. now they've got. So now they've got Schuster on big money. And he's going to have to be a bench player, and he's going to have to be part of the forward rotation. Manly have gone and taken a genuinely good 5 eighth, and they've gone, let's fast track and turn him into Tyrone Peachy. It's crazy. And I, I really, honestly, have not really seen enough, and I've really watched him play. I've not ever really watched him and thought, oh, yeah, this dude. Like, he reminds me of... <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll tell you he reminds me of. Yeah. Luke Brooks, and the reason being, yeah. we all remember his first game. <laughs> That's a good one. That's good. <laughs> he, you know who he reminds me of? He, he, he reminds me of, like, this is going to be a weird comparison. He reminds me of a bit of a not-as-athletic version of Daniel Wagon. <laughs> but if you got Daniel Wagon and you said he's a 5'8", when he clearly wasn't, and but he's not as athletic as him, and he's also, and I'm just going to say it, he's also pretty lazy at times. What if we went with Curtis Sirenin? Because Curtis no, I, started his career as a five eighth, but obviously mm. his body was saying, "Mate, you're too big for this shit," and they moved him into the back row way too soon. They didn't give him any transition. He always had the ball skills, but his body was. Syrian's body. <laughs> now you know who he, I've just worked out who he is. He is a he's a larger he is a larger, less versatile version of uh oh man, I forgot his name. He's a West Tigers player, Dean Hallitow. Oh, Dean Hallitow. <laughs> That's what he is. <laughs> oh, I love it. I can't say no to that. That's brilliant. Am I wrong? Got, you've Am no, I wrong? you're not. You've one hundred percent nailed that. I've got you. Um, we'll move on to Melbourne. Let's see. Let's write Melbourne off. Let's do it. Should we? <laughs> yeah, let's write them off. <laughs> their strength for me is just their absolute consistency. Mm-hmm. Week in, week out, minute by minute. They don't give you many options. Even when they're not playing well, you still have to play really well to get to beat them. Uh, even when they've got a whole, whole heap of players out for origin, for injuries, whatever else. Everybody else just comes up, fills those gaps, and they're still a very tough team to beat. Um, the only weakness, and I've had to think hard about this, and I can't even call this a weakness. Mm. Their defense has slipped a little bit in the last season or two. Yeah. Not by enough for it to be a problem. And, and, the, pr- and the problem by the way, find, yeah. against most of the league, better than most of the league. It's just against – it's really when you line them up against Penrith. Like if yes. Penrith wasn't in the comp, 
it'd be like, wow, Melbourne maybe has the best defence in the league. <laughs> yeah, well, so I did get this step. 2023 saw them concede 459 points in the regular season, which is just the second time they've conceded over 450 since 2006. Wow, that's insane. And if history is a guide, the year after Storm have a poor season in defence, by their standards, they become remarkably stingy the following season. Yeah, they, they fix their problems. Yeah, and that's the concern the teams are going to have is Melbourne are going to come out and they're going to be a defensive fucking wall this year. Yeah, and when no one's talking about them, it's that's when, like, all of a sudden you look up and six rounds into the comp they're leading in. Yep. You know, so, um, yeah, they're, my, for me, their strength is just that whole infrastructure they've got and Craig Bellamy and, you know, they they – they buy their youngsters really well and, and bring them through really well. It's almost like the opposite of the Broncos in a way in that they get so many hits out of their young players, their young outside backs especially. And, you know, it's, you're really grading. You, you can't, it's a weird thing to talk about, but you kind of got to grade the Storm against the Panthers and the Broncos and those sorts of teams that are real contenders because that's where they're at. They're in that conversation. Um, I think they're probably a, a tiny step back from those teams, but at the same time, if something happened to those teams, like and Melbourne ended up being a premiers, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be shocked. Like, and they do have that extra gear when the finals come around. They do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it takes look. It takes something special to beat the storm. Oh yeah. Like I don't care who it is that they're playing against in the finals. If you beat the storm, you have had to play your ass off to beat the storm. So yeah. The other thing I was going to say, the other thing they've done too is after two and a half seasons of Pappenhausen's horror injuries, mm-hmm. they've uncovered a replacement for him already in that far longo young, young kid and. Yeah. They've already set themselves up to replace Pappenhausen. So if he goes down again, they've got a ready-made replacement straight away. It's not going to impact anything. Um, Would you up... be shocked if Pappenhausen finished the year at another club? Yeah, I would be. I don't think they're going to get rid of him this year. But I, I wouldn't I... be surprised if when he contract, his contract ends, they don't try and keep him. They just let him go. I wouldn't be shocked if they did some sort of player swap with him. Because he... He is like he's a very good player when he's playing, mm. but if they can get him healthy, if and he's healthy at the moment, touch wood, right? If they can get him healthy, and they can get him playing really good footy, and there's somebody out there that they've got an eye on, I could see them doing some sort of player swap. Um, I think I think because I think it'd be access to what they 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 need basically. I think they'll move far longer into fullback as soon as Pappenhausen's contract ends. Yeah. They'll let Pappenhausen go. Mm-hmm. That will free up a chunk, chunk of money. Mm-hmm. They've done very little on the player signing front this year. So they picked up Sean Bloor from the Tigers, and that's it. And mm-hmm. they've let Tom Eisenhuth, Jordan Grant, George Jennings, Jaden Nicarima, Justin Olam, and Tarek Sims all go. They're, they're stockpiling cash. They're building a war chest. <laughs> They're building a war chest. And if they if they let Pappenhausen go, they're going to have a lot of money to go around buying players with. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Like, the Storm aren't really one of those teams that 
goes out and buys a huge name player, though, are they? They're no, kind of. I reckon they'll be going out and buying a forward pack. They they definitely need a bit more help in up front because mm. when like their forward pack has gone in and out of being like they've been really good, but it's very rare that you've been able to look at their pack and say, oh, they're the best. Like, and it's been for moments in a season, not the whole season. And I think that we when we've seen them play against the Panthers pack, like they've put up a pretty good fight, but eventually it's they they just. And it, no, everyone's fallen to the Panthers pack. It's, you know, it's not a terrible thing that to say, well, we just weren't quite as good as Penrith's pack. You know, congratulations. You know, you're still a very good pack. <laughs> um, but that's what they're aiming to do is to be better. And so, yeah, they need a little bit more. Bloor's going to be interesting. If they can get him, because he, he does have potential. So it'll be interesting to see if they can unlock that in him. Oh, I think they will. I think they will. He and he fits what they want—a creative, you know, edge forward mm. who's also pretty solid defense. Like he's got a very good technique in defense, mm. very good technique, and that's exactly the sort of he's 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 one hundred percent a Craig Bellamy player. Yeah. So I think they'll they wouldn't be surprised if they have him starting very early in the season, if not from round one. Um, yeah, I've got them finishing third. I've written them off. I yeah, they they have zero chance. Like Melbourne, remember yeah. Melbourne? I've got them third as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> and honestly, they are still a team that terrifies me. Oh yeah, yeah they definitely are. There's They're no horrifying. I don't care. I don't care. I'm nah. still scared of them. I've got PTSD for all those other teams that the Storm beat. Yes, I watched them do it too many times. Listen to me, I'm scared of them. Sorry, yep. they're a problem. Yeah. All right, on to the Knights. I, I don't know what to make of this team. Um, I'd say that their attack is a strength because in their in their last nine games last year, they scored 319 points, which is an average of 35 points per game. Mm-hmm. And compare that with their first 15 games where they scored 307, which was 15 points per game less. They they unlocked their attack and figured it out. Um, if they stay there and they, they remember all of that and they keep playing with that, they are going to be a difficult team to come up against. I do think, though, they are lacking depth in the forwards, especially in the back row. I consider them to be Canberra North. Oh, they, they're really, they really are pumped about their chances this year. They're just one of those teams where you you look at them on paper and you go, nah. Yep. And exactly. somehow they made the finals. Yeah. And that's yeah. and you're right. They're exactly Canberra because you look at Canberra on paper and you go, yeah, I don't think so. And they made the finals. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Exactly. And, and like if they, we all know where their attacks going. It's going left. Yep. Um, I th- <laughs> I think <laughs> I think this will be Hastings last year in the NRL. I think it will go back to Super League next year. Um, I think Jack Cogger will take his place and just be more consistent. Um, I think their forward pack they're just middle of the road. They don't they're not a problem for any of the the better teams. And yeah, I just. 
I, I have them finishing ninth. Um, I think they'll get a couple of surprising wins here or there. But, yeah, I, I just I don't see what some other people see in them. I've got them 10th. Okay. Um, and, yeah, I, look, I think Kai Pierce-Paul, who's come over from England, I think he's going to be a lot better than some people probably give him credit for. He's He's a pretty good player. How he'll go in the NRL is a bit different, but I don't think he'll be that bad. And he's got a lot of potential for you know growing further and getting better. I'm so going to guess that I'm going to guess that Andrew Johns absolutely loves him. Hi. Hey. Oh yeah, he'll have him as the Golden Boot winner next year and the year yeah. after that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and that will be with Michael uh, with Matthew Johns constantly stuck in his pants as well. Yes, and that then they'll start talking about we should allow players like him to play in State of Origin. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You beat me to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, next, we've got the Cowboys. Uh, and obviously, their their front row rotation is probably one of the best in the league. Yeah. They just make huge meters. They don't stop running. Their rotation off the bench, it just keeps keeps that going. It just keeps teams in the middle of the field on the back foot the, for the whole game. However, once they've got those teams on the back foot, I don't find that their halves have the creative ability to make get the most out of that advantage that they've created. No, nah, especially and, Townsend. Yeah, they've been struggling. They struggled with that a lot last year. Yeah. So I've got their halves as a weakness. I th- Deedon's good. But Townsend is just... I'd prefer to see Deedon at, at halfback and mm-hmm. probably even Drinkwater at 5'8". I think that would be better than having Townsend in the halves. And I, don't, I know you're not a huge fan on Drinkwater, but I think no. he's comfortably better than Townsend. I... Mm. Look, he's he's got more of an upside. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But that's not saying much. Um, look, that, they remind me a little bit of the Titans, obviously without the history of failure, in that you look at their lineup and you're like, holy shit. But, the, you know, I mean, last season was so disappointing from them. And, you know, what are we going to get out of Talmalolo? Because he had a really disappointing year last year. Um it's going to be interesting. I think they've lost Cohen Hess. I have a feeling he, he did a knee injury on the weekend. Might be right. gone for the year. I wouldn't be surprised, given the amount of losses to the, the Titans forward pack, that Molalo starts playing a lot more minutes again. They, they're mm-hmm. just going to need him to. Uh, they picked up Thomas McKayley. Mm-hmm. He's the only forward they've picked up. Uh, and Viliami Valia, who's the is a centre. They're the only signings. They've lost Jake Burke, Mitch Dunn, Brendan Elliott, Ben Hampton, Peter Hickey, Riley Price, Taniela Sadrugu, uh, Shibasaki, James Tamo, and it looks like Luciano Lolo has also left. Yeah, he's gone. I think he's – is he definitely signed for the Dragons? I'm pretty oh, sure he's signed for the Dragons. That's a very Dragon signing. It really is. Um, I've got the Cowboys finishing eighth, and I think so, that – So do I. Okay, there you go. Um, you're an expert, Andrew. Um, Only I, twice so far. <laughs> the other times you're fucking terribly wrong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I, I could see, I could see this Cowboys team for whatever reason hooking it up, 
and be in a top four team. I can also see them being strangely disappointing again, like they were last year. I think the thing that worries me about them is that their forward pack doesn't have enough toilers. And I think you need those toilers. They've got a lot of big impact players and they're difficult to handle, but I think you need those guys who are just mobile back rowers slash could play in the centers if you wanted them to sort of dudes. I don't think they've got enough of those guys in their team. And I think that that's, that's really the area that they're lacking in. Mm. That That's fair. That has been a bit of a struggle for them is getting that consistency in the pack and more on the edges of the ruck than in the middle. In the middle, they've been pretty solid, but yeah. Mm. Interesting to see, but yeah, I do have them finish an eight. So I think they, they, they're in for a better season. Like this is a team that let the, the Tigers put, what, 60 or 70 on them last year. Yeah, which and, and you watch the way they played that game, and they to have been outplayed that the way they were by a team whose attack had been so woeful for so long. That was, I think, that was the moment when Todd Payton came out and says, "Right, every single one of you are going to get shot in the foot, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to keep shooting you until you start playing better." Well, that, some well, sort of violence was, was in, imposed on the players. That's when. You know, someone like Peyton, when you've got a result like that and you haven't just arrived at the club, you've been there for a while then, that's one of those, oh, shit, now my job is i got to show that I'm doing something here. Otherwise, I'll be out. And to his um, credit, he turned the club around very quickly after that that loss. Yeah. So, we'll, look, we'll see what he does this year. I just I can't shake those disappointments from last year just yet. I oh, know, yeah, and nor should we. Hmm. Um. Next is Parramatta. I have, as a strength, their back three. And the only reason why it's a strength is because they go to them all the time in attack. That's their only form of attack is their wingers and Gutherson. Mm-hmm. That's it. They don't. They seem to have a, yeah, compared to a lot of the other teams in the NRL, especially teams that are usually competing for the top eight, they have one of the more one-dimensional attacks in the game. They've made it work somehow, but I think last year teams started to figure it out a lot more and that's what what they struggled with. And that leads to their their weakness, which is consistency. If they don't get on top of a team and stay there, they struggle to get themselves into a game and across the line and they struggle closing out the close games. Yeah. And and I think that, you know, obviously they had some key injuries last year, which didn't help. I, I think one of their strengths is their cohesion. I mean, this team's been together for a while now. And they're also, they're, I mean, their players are at that point where it's it's time for them. You know, they they haven't got a huge amount of time ahead of them. This It's time to go now. Because if yeah. this team doesn't win a title in the next couple of years, it, it's probably past them. And they'll know that. Um, I think obviously there was a hangover from what Penrith did to them in the 2022 grand final, which I, I think is understandable. Um, and I, I think that having the sort of year they had last year that was disappointing could be a good thing for them. It might have it might have made them all sort of think, hang on a second, it's not just something that's going to happen like. We've really got to go back after it again this year. 
And as I said, we've got to do it now. Like there, there are no spring chickens. No. So I, I think that that's the way I'm thinking about Parramatta at the moment. And I wonder how much of them is still regretting the whole getting rid of Reed Mahoney for Josh Hodgson, given Hodgson's had to be medically retired and they got very little out of him because of that. Well, I mean, you and me sat with straight away. We're like, this is ridiculous. And it was turned out to be ridiculous. Yeah. So, you know, so I, for... I, I, I just think that with this team, like it's now or never, man, it's now or never. They committed I... to this team. That's what they've got. They missed the finals last year. I have them. I have them weirdly finishing fourth. Wow. But, yeah. And in saying that, I still have no faith in them. I have them ninth. Okay. I, I completely understand that. Um, they've picked up Morgan Harper and Kelma Tuolangi and lost Wunga Blake, Andrew Davy, Josh Hodgson, and Jack Murchie. Uh, I think their window's gone. You reckon? You reckon okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's closed. It's passed them by. Like for me, I think that uh, I it's mis it's misplaced faith. I know it. I friggin' know it is. But I just feel like, you know, the this is them. This is this group. This is them at the the most prime part of the all of their careers. Yeah. And so it has to be now or never. And. I think that's why I'm willing to roll the dice on them. No, nah, they're done. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, it's like, no, you're wrong. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not going with it. Four, uh, if you had said six, seven, eight, something like that, I'd have gone, yeah, fair enough. That's probably true. But when you said fourth, I was like, ooh. They just, the, the way I see it, they're just, I, I could see where they. They get certain wins, like they'll beat Penrith a couple of times this year. They'll celebrate that. They should. Um, I think but, they're a little bit too inconsistent and too one-dimensional to be a top four team. I don't see them being. I don't see them being better than, say, Cronulla. I think they're very, you know, kind of similarly matched, but I don't see them being better than Cronulla. I know you said you're not threatened by but I'm not threatened by Parramatta. Uh, okay, here's I, – I think I can articulate it better. I think maybe last year that season they had stopped them being up their own ass as much. And I'm <laughs> hoping that when the Eels are not up their own ass as much that they'll just go out and play football They've and been it might make – yeah, yeah, and it might make something click for them. Okay. Okay? That's that's what it is. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll move on to Penrith. Okay. Um, strength is clearly their defense. I mean, they've been playing off the back of their defense this whole yep. time, and it's superb. Um, They've conceded less than 14 points per game since round four, 2019, which is 126 <sighs> games. Jesus. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, you, that's insane. If you took, you you would take that for one year. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. It's unparalleled. You'd take um, that for a month. 
So even if they drop that and they go out to 16 points per game, they are still a top three side comfortably. That's crazy. So they've got room to move in that area, which is just insane. Um, their weakness mm-hmm. is the amount of success they've had. And this is going to sound weird, mm-hmm. but when you've had so many players all together as a group and they've had all that success, there's a few issues that happen. One is obviously every other club says, we want this player, we want that player, and the, clean, the club starts getting broken up. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, it does, success is the first thing that breeds complacency. Mm-hmm. And they haven't they haven't gone down that path yet, but it's always going to be sitting there lingering. That's why a lot of people are running Melbourne off all the time. Mm. Um, and that's where having a very good coach is really important because it keeps them grounded and focused on continuing the winning and not getting caught up in the success. That's That's the most I can come up with is the the concern about complacency. I haven't seen it. I'm not saying it's there. It's just that'll be their, their issue is um, make sure they don't become complacent. And as they keep losing more and more players, they've got more and more quality coming through to replace them. They may not be at the same level, but they've got the potential to be on that same level. So they'll just keep coming through. Um, obviously, they're going to lose Luai at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. We've already seen Jack Cole come through and he's, you know, we'll probably see him play an awful lot more this year, and he's only twenty. Um, he looks he looks pretty good. I I don't think he's too bad a player. He's he's you know getting a bit more game time, but helping with uh, I think being more patient when he's got the ball in his hand. We saw in the World Club Challenge that sometimes he can be a little bit keen to move the ball around or something like that when it doesn't need to be and, and that sort of thing. And that's just going to come with experience in the top level there. But I didn't, I don't think he was bad at all. I think there's a lot of potential in him. Um, I think for Penrith, it's weird because you think of all of the players that they've lost. And I, I did an article last year and you, you can make a pretty decent first grade team out of that, you know, that lineup. They'd probably just miss the finals. But that's saying something when it's the players that Penrith have lost, you know. Um, but then, so you think about all that talent that they've lost, but then you look at their lineups and it, you're still like going through a list of players that is like, holy crap, holy crap, holy crap. And that they've they've been there, they've done that, they've been there. They've, they've done it over and over again, you know. Yep. Um, their depth is actually not too bad considering <laughs> Yeah, they haven't got the depth in the forwards that they had a couple of years ago, where they probably had two first grade packs worth of forwards. But they it just puts them their depth is on par with everyone else's depth now. But, but on top of that, their forward pack is just this absolute machine. It is, and they they're all workhorses. Mm, yeah, like even the the props, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, consideration for them having the best front row of all time. I think we need to start thinking about that with uh, the world's Leona best non-Englishman and Fisher Harris. Hey, the world's best non-Englishman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think their weakness is that they don't care about games that are played in February. <laughs> I think that's their big weakness. Yeah. And, I, I will take that if it means doing what they've done over the last four years. <laughs> um, it, 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 look, 
it's crazy to think that I'm talking about my own team when I say this because I used to only talk about the I only used to whisper about the storm being like this sort of you know element rather than a football team. <laughs> um, no one wants to play this team in September, October. No one wants to have to play a must-win game against this team. Um, I think we finally saw in that grand final, and you and me talked about it a lot of times last year, like, have we seen Penrith really go out and do that special thing in attack? And we really hadn't. We really hadn't. I think we did in that last, you know, half of the grand final last year. And we so we know that that's their ceiling, and I don't think anyone else really has that ceiling when it matters in the fucking 50th, 60th, 70th minute onwards. Yeah. Um, I've got them finishing second in the, the regular season. but yeah, I've got them as minor premiers. Okay, but it's like it, the team that beats this fucking team is going to be bloody good. They're going to oh, be yeah. really bloody good. They're going to have to fight for it, scrap for it. We all thought Brisbane were that team and we were all watching them, you know, 50 minutes into last year's grand final saying, yeah, wow, they really were a great team to beat this Penrith team and they still got beaten. So whoever beats this Penrith team is friggin' deserves it. And, Absolutely. You know, I you can't bet against Penrith being premiers because if you do, you're an idiot. Yeah. It's simple as that. Yeah. Um, they've picked up Paul Alamotti, Dane Laurie, and Brad Schneider, and they've lost Eddie Blacker, Stephen Crichton, Jack Cogger, Zach Hosking, Tom Jenkins, Spencer Lenu, Jamin Salmon, and Chris Smith. A lot of really good players they lost there, some yeah. some depth players and stuff. But I think that their purchases are, are really smart. Like the Panthers have been really good at buying, which has I been wonder, scary. I wonder if the pickup of Dane Laurie is designed to cover Luai. I know they've got... Jack Cole. But mm. I wonder if just short term, I'll put Laurie at six. And I'm talking as of next year. Well, it wouldn't shock me. I think he's the good thing about him is you could put him on the bench as a utility player and I think it would work. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, you know I think it would work better than Peachy. But Definitely. mostly because he, he, you know, he passed the ball and Peachy never ever passes the ball. He's got really good pace off the mark. Yeah. Um, which is huge against tied forwards in the middle and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I think Laurie's going to be a brilliant 17 for him. Play 5'8", fullback, he'd do all right on the wing for you. Yeah. Um, you could even chuck him on in, in that sort of role where you've got three playmakers on the field in the middle. Well, you can which, bring him on to replace Kenny if you needed to at hooker. You probably could, yeah. Um you know, they've got some youngsters that they're bringing through. Mav Guy is one of them. He This is his year this year to, you know, prove he belongs in first grade. Um, you know, their depth in their lower grades has been whittled away a little bit. But, you know, the the way that they're producing their juniors, like, it's, you know, it's, it's hard to bet against them spitting out one or two players that were all like, holy shit, where'd this guy come from, you know? Um, so they're remarkable. I can't believe they're my footy team. They're, they're just doing the, if you could tick all of these boxes and say, wouldn't it be cool if a team did this, 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 and this, they're doing all of that and more. And they're my footy team. I cannot believe it still. Yeah. It's, it's, it's insane. I'd like to know what it feels like. 
Yeah, it's it's cool. If I go back to World War One, I'll get an understanding. <laughs> <laughs> um, next up, we've got the dragons. Um, their strength, and it's the only strength they've got, is the Sloan Lomax Ravalawa combination. Um, between the three of them, last year they scored thirty-eight of the thirty-eight of the dragons' sixty-seven tries and two hundred sixty-six of their four hundred seventy-four points. So that is all they have in attack is just send it out to that side, which I think is the right edge. Just send it mm-hmm. to the right. That's all they do, and it works. But that's it. Uh, their weakness is structure in everything. They they are just they're panicky in attack. They they just give up easily in defense if they get beaten one on one. They are. When you've got a player like Ben Hunt in that side and he's busting his ass and you see the rest of them just sort of meh, mm-hmm. you just feel so sorry for Ben Hunt because he's given them their all. He's all. They should be paying him too mean a year. Well, he's been um, the best years of his career in a shit team. And, like, he's been well paid for it. So don't cry for him too much. Cause I'm not crying. I'm just saying that he, yeah. they, they should have paid him twice as much because he's, he's, yeah. he's more than earning that million dollars a year. 100%. Yeah. Um, they're, yeah, they're crap. Like I think their, their strength is that they, they have nice socks and their weakness is how weak they are. <laughs> like, they're, I was just saying, the, the strength is the ground is right near that, uh, that coastline in Wollongong. Yep. The wind yep. sock. That's pretty good. That holds up pretty well. <laughs> Sometimes they're playing Sydney, but their yeah, home ground but, in Illawarra, that, that's, yeah. that's mint. Yeah, the ground in Sydney is a weakness, definitely. <laughs> um, like, like, and drag. I think Dragons fans know what this season is. Like, we're not, you know, breaking news for poor old Dragons fans, poor bastards. But you know, and, and even the the players that they've gone out and signed, like they're they're the sort of players that you're like, yeah, that'll give you some depth in New South Wales Cup, you know. Yes. Um, Luciano Leilua, they've just outlaid some big money for him. And I know that at his best, he can make some stuff happen. But I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't be spending the money on him. But I think that that's all they could look to get. Like, who was the last player that they really signed? It was Ben Hunt. You know, it's they don't get players. That's a fucking problem. Yeah. And look, I know I've said it before, but with Shane Flanagan there, he's shown that he's only structure he has is having a strong forward pack and working everything off the back of that and having a team that grinds out wins. And this team does not have the defensive capability to do any grinding of any victories anywhere. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if over the next two or three years that he's there, he's just constantly constantly dumping forwards and buying in new ones and just putting all his money into the forward pack and not giving a shit about what goes on in the back line because that's just what he does. Whether it'll work or not, I don't know. But um, we'll see how he uses the salary cap, and <laughs> I'm sure they'll be making some changes in their sports science department. Just keep him out of the nurse's office, all right? Yeah. Um, so they've picked up. They've got a lot of player movement as well. They've picked up Corey Allen, Tom Eisenhuth, Raymond Fatale, Mariner, Cole Flanagan, Jesse Marshke, Hamay Sele, Ronald Volkman, Luciano Lalua, and they've lost. They've lost. Talatau Amoni, Billy Burns, Tyrrell Fuimiono, Jaden Hunt, Nick Louis Toso, Tauto Moga, Zane Musgrove, and Jaden Sullivan. 
I would, out of this whole team, the only players that I really look at and think, oh, yeah, is Ravalawa, um, Hunt, and Suli McNuggets. He's great for them. He's, he was great for them last year. They're the only three that I look at and think, yeah, they're, they're a plus. Yeah. The rest of them you could keep. Oh, and like, if it sounds like I've got a disgust for this team, yes, I do. And I'm right there with Dragons fans over it. They, I can't imagine how over it they are. It's been fucking disgraceful where the ownership of this club has taken the Dragons and that we're here at this point. It's fucking got a lot of 2022 West Tigers about it when they've just announced they've signed Tim Sheens. You go, you fucking what? Yeah, yeah, it really we're, we're, does. We're trying to go forward and you've done this garbage. Um, I've got them getting the spoon. I, I have them... Uh, 16th. Next we've got is South. Um, the strength is still their attack. Mm-hmm. How can it not be? They've got all those powerful ball runners, uh, insane speed out of dummy half, obviously, and Latrell Mitchell. Uh, their weakness, though, is their depth in the spine. I think that's kind of why White was picked up because he can cover center, fullback, wing. So that kind of helps there. But that is a bit of an issue they've got, especially in the halfback role. I I, I think that, I mean, last year was weird for South. Something happened there, and I don't know what it was. They broke a little bit. Um, I'm going to say outright, I had I had I have them fifth. And it's a it's a weird thing. I'm doing the same thing with them that I'm doing with Parramatta. Um, <laughs> well, look, it, I've got them seventh. Okay, so it's not as dramatic. In, in, no, according I'm to just, you, anyway. I'm just <laughs> I'm just waiting for Latrell Mitchell to have one full season for South. He hasn't done it yet, and that's all I want to see because I reckon if he does that, boom, lights out. They're in the top four. Yes. And I'm putting up sevens just in case he doesn't have another full season. I still think they're good enough to get there. I think I think that, I mean, they, they've got a lot of talent in their team. I worry about their forward pack a little bit. Um, but I just think through the regular season, like at the very least, they've got enough players there that can, you know, win a lot of footy games for them. But and yeah, can Latrell Mitchell like have just a full go into the final series? There's no issues in terms of injuries or anything, and he just plays a full final series and and that's it. Like that's what you want to see out of them. Absolutely. Um, they've picked up Sean Kepi and Jack White, and they've lost Jed Cartwright, uh, Hamay Sale, and Blake Tuff, Taffy, whatever it is. We had the Bulldogs. We won't hear of him ever again. Yeah, I know exactly. Poor bugger. <laughs> Uh, next we've got is the Roosters. Um, strength is still their spine, and it's mostly because there's not many other strengths around. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, though, if this year they start transitioning to what the Roosters are going to look like in three or four years' time because their weakness is the fact they do have an ageing roster. Yeah. I, I, I have their strength as being... Uh, the players that uh, don't want to play the sport anymore next year, and their weakness <laughs> is that people still think they're fucking good and they're not. 
I think the the thing you're going to find though is that they're still going to be better than the majority of teams. Do you? Because I don't. I've got them sixth. I've got them tenth. Ooh, nice. I think. Uh, I like a bit of uh, controversy. I think Trent Robinson is overrated. I think that. I think James Tedesco looked a full step slower last year and he's probably going to look even slower this year, which is, there's nothing wrong with that. That's what happens. Father, that fucking Dally messenger retired, you know, because he yeah. lost the step. Um, I think we'll so, look on, on Tedesco. I think the best thing he can do this year is just not be playing rep footy anymore. And that will help prolong his career just a little bit longer. I think he's going to give it away. I think, uh, like, I just don't think he's up to rep footy anymore, personally. I just, he's not. Well, it's that as well, but yeah, I, if I was him, I'd just say, you know what, I'm stepping down from rep footy and just focusing on playing for the Roosters. That would help mm-hmm. the Roosters and him out quite a bit. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised when his contract ends that the Roosters let him go. They are stupid. I think they're completely stupid for not having moved him on already and given that full back role to Joey Manu. And Joey Manu's said, look, I've got to go now. And that's fair enough. Um, the, the people talk about the Roosters forward pack. I'm sorry. They're not good. Like, I don't know what this alternative reality is where anybody has to worry about the Roosters pack, but they're not fucking good. We, we saw last year their best player in the forwards was Maria Hargraves. And he's as old as the hill, Alan. He's yeah. a fake tough guy. Uh, Lindsay Collins was still pretty solid, but Angus Crichton was nowhere. Tupanua is a toiler. There's nothing wrong with that. And Radley just turned, just, he put so much pressure on his side through stupid penalties. Mm-hmm. And he's become one of the most overrated players in the game today. Yep. 100%. Uh, so they've got, their, their yep. entire forward pack is a bunch of depth players now. And, and one, of, one or two good starters. And they're relying on tiny halves who one of them is extremely injury prone. And if I said to you, like, man, this guy got an injury in round two and that was it, he retired, like, you wouldn't be super shocked. And Walker's a very small player that everyone targeted. And, man, he just looked beat. He just looks like he's getting beat up worse and worse. He's a very skillful player, but it doesn't matter if you're just getting destroyed over and over again. Um, So you're relying on two halves that are – just getting smashed up. And who's the hooker? Smith. Yeah. Who, like, don't buy players from the Storm. How many times do we have to say oh, it? Stop buying fucking Storm players. They never are good when they leave the Storm unless their name is fucking Greg Inglis. Or Tino. Yeah. Like, it's... it's <laughs> well, hang on, there, there's one more. Uh guy who went to the Warriors. Tohu Harris. Oh, yeah. He was all right. But that's pretty much it. Um... But- Brandon Smith, though, he went there and immediately became part of whatever system they had in place and stopped being the player that made him a test player. And he needs to go there and says, you know what, I'm going to start playing the game I want to and get the rest of the team playing, you know, in the forward pack, playing more to his style of game because he's playing something different and it's not working. I remember watching um, Jason Taylor forcing Robbie Farah to change the way he played at hooker. And it made Robbie Farrer an absolute bore to watch. And he was absolutely shithouse. And it completely destroyed the Tigers' attack. And it took Farrer two or three seasons to find out what he was supposed to do again and get back there. 
Brandon Smith's going down the same path, but he's yeah. younger. Have you ever seen Brandon Smith on that podcast he's on? I haven't seen him since he left Melbourne. Okay. I've watched Brandon <laughs> Smith a couple of times on that podcast he's on. Mm-hmm. I don't think he thinks about a great deal of stuff about his footy. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. I, I think he's just like he goes with the flow. Whatever's happening, he'll go with it. And, you know. He's, he's been very disappointing since leaving Melbourne. Very disappointing. Yeah. I'm yeah. being as gentle as possible. Well, look, Bellamy yeah. takes players and he gives them a focus and he gives them a real simple job to do, you know. And the Roosters bought him, bought Brandon Smith to be a representative hooker for them that would be a, a big addition to their team. And that's not what they've got out of him so far at all. Like, it hasn't even been close. So, um, yeah, I, no, that's why I've got, got him in 10th. At the, not moment, the finals. at the moment, he's just been Dean Hallitau. Pretty much. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Warriors. The crazy thing is I've seen a lot of people writing them off. Um, I've got their strength as being their depth. Yeah. Especially in their spine and their back line. They've got a ton of depth there. And it's a depth, it's a mix of experience and juniors coming through, which is bring what you want to see. Um, and the weakness is... Not too dissimilar to the Sharks last year. Uh, they can struggle against the, the more elite sides. But yeah. I still have them finishing fifth. I've got them finishing seventh. Um, and I I, I, watch, I actually watched one of their trial games. I liked the fitness that they had. It looks like they've had a really, really good um, pre-season and off-season. Uh, and they needed it. You know, Web- Webster's obviously got them physically ready for this season ahead, which is great to see. Um, I, I do think that they can back up a lot of what they did last year. They're not going to sneak up on teams. I love the way their season played out last year, where they come out and they weren't a great team. And then they had that game against the the Sharks, where the Sharks just, they got a pretty big lead about them. And the Warriors were just like, no, fuck this. Yeah, fuck they mowed them down. We're not doing this anymore. And, yeah, they mowed them down. Um, so to have that in this side, that's special to be able to do that. So I've got them in seventh, but it's not like a they're – it's not a seventh of, oh, they're going to be worse than last year. I actually think that we're going to look at this Warriors team as being more of a, th- a real threat than they were last year. Um, and it's we're just going to see how they go in the finals. Because last year's finals, I mean – you know, when Johnson went down, it was basically all over for them, especially yeah. considering that it was as a season where they come from nowhere and made the finals. I think it's going to be different this year for them. I think they're, I know that they're lower down on the ladder than a lot of people are probably, you know, happy about on my ladder anyway. Um, but I really do. I think that we're going to look at them as much more of a legitimate finals threat. I don't think they can win the premiership. But I think that they'll they'll go pretty good this year. I think they're in for a, a good year. And by the way, like all of their season tickets and jersey sales and everything over in, in New Zealand are off the charts, record numbers already. So it's so cool. Um, and they've had a little bit of player movement, but the players they've brought in are upgrades to everything they've got rid of, which is exactly what we want to do. And they've brought in less players than what they've let go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they brought in Kurt Capewell, 
uh, Channel Harris Tavita and Roger Tulvasashek, and they've let go Josh Curran, Valengi Kepu, Bailey Siren, and Viliami Valia, Ronald Volkman, and Braden Williami. Yeah, and it's like, and they've lost uh, Adam Fanua Blake as well. Oh, that's for um, next year. Oh, I thought I thought he'd already gone. No, no, I'm pretty sure he's he's on with the Sharks for next year. Okay, okay. Yeah, well, so like they're still in this year. That, I just I just think they're going to be where we're going to see him on the ladder is really legitimate, and it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see how they go through Origin, the Origin period, because that's obviously where they you know you make hay well sun, sunshine sort of thing. So they normally do pretty well around that time of year, but. Um, and if they do, like, it's just a couple of wins different to be in the top four to seventh, I think. I think that the middle pack in the NRL is pretty close to one another. So I'm really looking forward to seeing them this year. It's going to be interesting. I want to see how RTS goes because I'm almost certain they're going to put him in the centres. Yeah, yeah. And that'll be a different playing style to what he did last time he was playing the league. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes. He look, look, when I watched him in that trial, he, he looked really good in the centres. Um, so I, th- I think he's going to go all right. The thing about him as a centre is he has the size for it. Oh, absolutely. So where a lot of guys that would or were previously fullbacks that you move to the centres, like a lot of them don't work out unless they're giant dudes, and he's a giant dude. Yeah. And last but not least, the West Tigers. Um. Strength, the front office has been cleaned out. <laughs> Everyone um, got sacked from last year. I'd also say their one, seven, and nine is they're not all star, but they have they have skill sets that complement each other and what the team needs to do to be more competitive in attack. Um, which is very, very helpful. They're finally starting to get some depth in the spine, which they've not had for ages. Mind you, the depth is uh, a lot of youth players coming through, but they are pretty good youth coming through in those areas there. Their weakness, obviously, is their defense. It's it's fucking Hail Mary defense is what they've got, which is just atrocious. Mm. They, they've had for too long no structure, no cohesion, and no communication in the defensive line. So all I want to see this year is that they start getting back to focusing on let's make it harder for teams to score points against us because that's all you've got to do. As soon as teams have to throw riskier passes or play, you know, have riskier plays to try and get points against you, whether they get the points or not, when you start making them play with risk is when you start getting opportunities for yourself, and that's when the tide starts to turn. But at the moment... Teams are doing training runs and running very simple plays to score points against their Tigers, and they're scoring a lot of points against them. So it's a simple structure thing. The problem they're going to have too is they've got a rookie coach. Yeah. Um, Benji, though, has been doing and saying, and from what I've seen from some of the um, comments from people who have been going to the training and from some of the videos and stuff, he is focusing very heavily on structures, which is very important. This team needs that more than anything right now. I don't think they'll be focusing too heavily on, oh, we're going to be a top eight side or we need to get all these number of wins. This is going to be a year where they go, right, this is year zero. 
and yeah. we need to work on being better defensively before we start thinking about how many points we're going to score or how many games we're going to win. We need to get the defense right, and then we can build around that. They haven't got the squad yet, especially in the forwards, to be a defensively strong side. But if they can get the structures in place, that's important. I look at this season as like they had to rip the Band-Aid off and they finally have, and it's not going to look pretty at all. In fact, I think it's going to be a real horror show of a season because they just don't have the talent. Um, There's a few makeshift players and, and, you know, Benji's working with what he's got and it's fucking not much at all. Mm. Um, I think, you know, Coruscant... Coruscant has performed beyond my wildest expectations. We all thought he was going there for a payday. And my God, that that young man has been everything you could have possibly hoped for and more. The fact that a hooker can stand out in the atrocious shit of that team the way he did. And you can actually look at him and say he stood tall. He can walk with his head high. I see, sir. Oh my God, it's it's incredible. Yeah. Um. But outside of that, there's not much. There's not much here. I mean, this is like we laughed about it last year. This is the Aiden Caesar era, and it's it's going to be really fucking fucked. It's going to well, be bad. Like I don't I don't mean to make it sound horrible for Andrew because man, I've seen you go through this shit. But at least when you're going through this shit, you can say the worst of it, If this is probably the worst of it, and it's going to definitely get better. Whereas in the past, it's like, I don't know if this is the worst of it, and it's probably going to get worse from here. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I think last year was the worst of it. You reckon? Yeah. Now, I know, I know Caesar's not the world's greatest halfback, but the one thing he has that the Tigers haven't had for years is communication. And that is a big thing because finally we're going to have a hooker who's going to be able to communicate something to the halfback and that halfback's going to be able to communicate that to other people. It will right? be interesting having a halfback that uses his mouth. Yeah. And, so and this is, like, you know, not, and I know, I know it's not much. Okay. Yeah. But communication, especially when you're the halfback, it is the number one skill you need to have. Everything else comes comes after that. If you can't communicate to the rest of your team, nothing happens. And we saw it with Brooks. You take the communication thing aside, right, and you go, right, let's not look at that. Skill set-wise, he's there with most players in the NRL. But you add the communication in there, and he is the worst communicating halfback I've ever seen in my life. Yes, me too, yep. He's an absolute mute he does nothing. And so yep. to finally have someone there who's going to be able to talk with the backs, help them run plays, because Caesar's also not a player who's flashy. He's basically Chud Townsend who can kick goals better. That's it. Um, but that's kind of what the Tigers need right now, is just someone to direct traffic and say, you need to do this, you need to do that, and get these players running the right lines at the right times. It's simple stuff. But that is so important because it means Coruscant doesn't have to do that for the backs as well as the forwards. He can focus on being in the forwards. It's going to make Coruscant better, which is scary to think of. But it's just it's a tiny little thing, but it helps out other players on the field. 
as I said, I don't think it's going to make much difference to the Tigers' attack as far as scoring points goes. I think the reason why it was brought in was because that communication is going to help with their defensive structure and where they're supposed to be on the field. That's what they're focusing on, is getting that communication working. Um, they've brought in Justin Olam. He's not a out-of-this-world player, but he's pretty solid defensively. Stafford Toe is probably going to be moving into the centres on a more regular basis, so he's also a decent solid, uh, decent defensive player. They're trying with what they've got to make their side a better defensive side. They still have John Bateman in the team, and he was dog shit last year. <laughs> he was so bad. I don't see him being any better this year. Nah, nah. He... Man, if they could get off off his contract and get him, all I would be doing is like, I'd get somebody, I'd I'd get the players either side of him on in his lock in the locker room. I'd say, listen, you two need to keep asking about Wigan. What's Wigan like? What's it like? <laughs> oh, it sounds wonderful. Oh, what a wonderful place, full of magic and charm. And and get this guy wanting to go back home. I'd, I'd be going to him and say, John, I've got a video for you. And I'd sit him down and just get him to watch Liam Fulton highlights. And then at the end, I'd just say to him, he's better than you. <laughs> yes, he is. I would rather, 100 times over, I would rather yes. Liam Fulton back because, A, he can tackle, and, B, he runs lines. But You don't, you don't do either of those anymore, John. What do you do? You get the ball out wide and you throw the ball as you're to get tackled to the ground or you kick it to no one. Yeah, he'll well, kick it on you the doing? third tackle in his own 20. <laughs> what are you doing? I will take Liam Fulton a million times over. Yep. 100%. So, what a terrible signing. My oh, goodness. I, I have not been impressed with anything he's done. And I think because there's so many, there's a lot of young guys in this team as well. I think if they get shown proper structure pretty early on, mm-hmm. it's going to help them move to the next level and get better, which is better for the future. And everything they've got to be doing this year has got to be long-term. Um, Caesar's, Caesar's not the long-term halfback here. He's there because all the other halves we've got at the club are 18, 19, and 20 years old. Yeah. You can't bring him in yet. Not in a team that's this garbage. You, you need to get someone there with experience to show them a bit of structure and get things moving in the right direction and get all of these young players who are currently there a few years old, a bit more experienced, and get them winning a little bit more regularly. I'm not saying fucking yeah. 15 wins a year. I'm saying if they, if by this time, by 2026, they're looking at the fact that they can get close to getting nine or 10 wins in a season. That's where they should be focusing. I think this year they've got to be looking at seven or eight wins. I, not, I, not honest, I honestly think, uh, I hate saying it, man, but I think, <laughs> I think that this is going to be an historically bad year for the West Tigers. Not like in terms of ever, clubs ever. I think this is going to be one of those seasons for the West Tigers, but one they had to have. So you've got them 17? Uh, yeah, I've got them 17 by miles. I've got them 14th. Okay. And I'm being I, like, and I don't like saying as, it. No, 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 but I'm being as optimistic as humanly possible there. And I, I fucking get that, man. I've been there. I remember in, two th- what was it, 2000, 2001 with the Panthers, and there were some dudes in that team, and I was like, yeah, he might be a good player one day. 
Like, I'm pretty sure I put the Tigers as wooden spooners last year. You did last year because I had them, I think I had them second last or third last. Yeah, and I might have had them last year before. I can't remember. I think I had them last and then just before when we were talking and then just before we started recording, I was like, no, I'm going to change them from last. And I regretted that the whole season. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty confident. Cool yeah, you now, were. I've got a few more uh, predictions here. Yep. Daly Empire of the Year, who you got? I have got Dylan Edwards because I I just don't have faith in New South Wales that they're going to select him. So I think he's going to play for the Panthers during the Origin Series. Um. And I just think that it, he looks he looks bigger and stronger. Like he's he's always been a bit of a like he's never looked weak, but he he kind of looks like an, a fucking accountant. You know what I mean? He's <laughs> one of those players. You know, wiry. He, he, he looks like a footy player now, and I I am here for the Dylan Edwards balding era as well because was, he shaved his head. There was a, there was a player who. Who was at the Sharks and went to Penrith, a winger, David Simmons. Yes. He looks as unassuming as David Simmons. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it, yeah. It's, I'm only it's, talking like when you look at him, when he's just standing in front of you, you just go, oh, okay. You you play NRL, do you? Yeah, so looks, do I. <laughs> he looks like a, he looks like a, like a 20s, mid 20s dude that, but he used to skateboard when he was a teenager. Um, Skater boy. Yeah, but but like he's he's lost all of that now. But but no, but like Dylan Edwards, he looks he just looks a bit bigger to me now. Um, and I just think that he's going to be in a winning team. Um, the thing that would stop that is that there's obviously going to be plenty of weeks where other players in that Panthers team take points off of him, and obviously there's going to be a thing with Cleary that everyone's going to focus on Cleary after what we saw in grand final. So there's going to be that, but I think he can make up some points during origin and stuff like that. And just the fact that he's always there, he's always available. He's always making big meters and stuff like that on the days when he's not man of the match. I think it'll, it'll be really easy to look at his stats and say, Oh, he's second or third, you know, especially uh, looking at the stats that Andrew Abdo looks at. Yeah. Well, the, the, 125 try assists and uh, 53,000 metres gained. Yeah. Pretty good stats. Like, if he can do that again, yeah. um, he'll be the greatest player of all time. So, yeah, that's who I've got for Dally M. Well, it's a bit of a shock. So do I. No fucking way. Yep. Dylan Edwards, to me, it was a no-brainer. Yeah. Okay. I, I think he's got that nailed. Coach of the year, I'll go first on this one. Okay. I've got Kevin Walters. I fucking have Kevin Walters as well. <laughs> <laughs> if, if he can get if he can get the Broncos into the top four for a second season, I think that's enough to get to for him to get that award because what he's done to turn that side around is remarkable. Mm-hmm. And then how he's managed to take them to the next level after turning them around. He's got to he's got to get that award, Matt. I don't care what any other coach does. If he gets him in the top four again, that's enough for me. He gets that award. Yeah, uh, it, like he's turned the turnaround's been historic, and he's done it. Like he, it's not like he went out and he 
bought three million bucks worth of plays and added it to the good young players he had. He worked with what he had. Yeah. Like he, I mean, he brought in his his son to play at hooker, who was trying to get his career back on track from a knee injury. Let's be also honest too. This is a son who failed to produce any decent form at the Storm. Mm. and couldn't even secure a place in one of the most woeful West Tiger sides of all time. Yeah. And he's, yeah, turned, and him into a, he's turned him into a grand final player and a regular and, in the NRL. Yeah, and I dare say that he had the best game of his career before he got to the to the uh, Broncos and, and under his father's coaching, he had a major knee injury during it, like in yeah. his best game he'd ever played. So, <laughs> um, it, like, it's just remarkable. And you and me were questioned whether – Kevy Waltz was the right dude. Um, man, I'm so happy for him. I, I am so, so happy for him. Um, one of the things I'll never forget is footage of him during the last 10 minutes uh, that you can actually watch it on YouTube where they show the coaches' boxes for the two grand final teams last year, and it's uh, the Broncos' box and the Panthers' box. And... Watching Kevin Walters watch the game and, you know, you and me talked about him being so emotional, becoming the Broncos coach, and we're worried about that. But watching him watch that grand final, and, uh, like it was that, that it was like that deathly competitor look in his eye where everything he had seen, nothing surprised him because he has done this shit himself. Um. And he just was watching the game in a really interesting way. And then you look at his comments after the grand final. And it was, once again, it was a guy that was really together, really was on top of the situation. Um, I just loved all of it. I loved all of it. And I think that last year, um, obviously, with the way that the Broncos sort of a little bit come from nowhere to be so good, he didn't get the props that he really deserved. And I think that he, he will get them this year if they finish top, say two or, um, you know, and I, I have them finish mine and premiers in the regular season. Yep. So, so yeah. And I think that they're, they're one of the two teams to beat. And it's like, uh, only an ear would tip against the Panthers. Cause like they're some sort of fucking, I don't know what's happened with them, but it's like this weird superhero sort of shit they've decided to do. But damn, that, this Broncos team is amazing, <laughs> and it's and it's been that way because of Kevin Walters. So yeah, that's why. That's true. Uh, rookie of the year, who you got? Surely we're not going to match up on this one. If we've matched up on this one, okay. I'm confident we haven't. Okay, if we match up on this one. Let's quit doing the podcast. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I picked Penrith Panthers, Jesse McLean. Oh, good. I've got uh, Cronulla Sharks, Kyle Eero. Okay, okay. Uh, Kyle Eero had an unbelievable season last year in the New South Wales Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, brilliant centre, and he's going to walk right into that centre spot now that Connor Tracy's left. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll walk in there, and he's going to be immense uh, I've got huge drops on him, man. I expect him to have a really big year this year. I basically picked McLean for the same reason we had the rookie of the year last year at Penrith. Like, 
I, I can see him slotting in. He, he's a he's a really good football player. I know he had his debut last year, but and it was a shocker. It was a it was like one of those Darren Lockie. Remember Darren Lockie's first Test match where it was like, this fucking guy's never going to be good in a Test. <laughs> like, it was one of those performances. Um, and I just think it'll be one of those things of like, it's a young dude. I think he's going to get his opportunities. He's going to do it in a really good team. And if he, he's got a little bit of experience now of what it is in first grade, and I think it'll just be easy for him. Well, how's that for a review of people? Doesn't get much better than that, does it? Did we do all right? I think we nailed it. <laughs> right, season off. We've already organised it. Yeah. <laughs> you, you've got Penrith versus Brisbane grand final. It's either going to be Penrith, Brisbane, or Melbourne. I've got those three being the grand finals. Yeah, same here, same here. You just need that team who's going to go that next step, and I can't see anyone other than those three being able to do that. Do you think Penrith are beatable? Mm, possibly. I'm, I'm not convinced. That defence is insane. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, that's. Um... I, I just can't – I can't believe what they've been able to do so far. The thing is, their best years are ahead of them too. It's friggin' insane. I fully agree with you, man. Fully agree. Um, I suppose that, that wraps this one up. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll uh, let everyone go so we don't hit the two-hour mark. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Make sure you check us out on all the socials. Um, we really like it if you'd leave us a, a message on the, the YouTube video as well because uh, – that way they're all just grouped together and we'll do another episode sometime soon when we go through those YouTube comments. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I guess we'll catch us all after the first part of the first round has been played. <laughs> Give it over two weeks. Um, yeah, thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll catch us all next time. <laughs>